Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. A unique Monday edition of Sports Talk. Unique because for the first time that I can remember, outside of like an early season Monday night football doubleheader, we have uh, an NFL game that is kicking off during our show. In fact, it kicks off in like half an hour. The uh, the Buffalo Bills and the who are they play? Oh, uh, um, I just completely blanked. Pittsburgh, the Steelers. Thank you, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what I was trying to say. I, I don't know. I like I just completely lost it for a second. Uh, my apologies. Good to uh, be with you. So you got Pittsburgh and Buffalo that are kicking off in about half an hour, and uh, it's because of the weather issues that they had. In Buffalo, you remember we talked on Friday, if you were with us, about how cool the visual was going to be for the game in Buffalo, more so than the game in Kansas City. Kansas City was going to be cold and dry, and it was just going to be like, eh, okay, fun to watch. But with Buffalo, you were going to get this incredible lake effect snow. Borky talked about that. I was like, what a viewing experience that's going to be. In truth, if they had played that game yesterday and you had tried to watch it, you would have been able to see nothing but like a white, like a windblown white cloud. I mean, the the pictures out of Buffalo yesterday were incredible. And, oh, by the way, I'm coming to you from the North Pole. (laughs) As it turns out. Goodness gracious. I I thought my issue was going to be in Columbia, Missouri this past weekend where they had had forecast five to eight inches of snow. It was really, really cold in uh, in Buffalo or in uh, Columbia this weekend. But they just kind of got a dusting of snow, and then last night you get uh, like six inches of snow, uh, kind of last night through, I guess, right now. I mean, it really hasn't stopped snowing and sleeting all day long. It's kind of crazy. I, I don't even know what the rest of the state of Mississippi is like. Hey, Star- have you got anything in Starkville, Hey, Joe, Joe get snow, sleet, freezing rain, anything? Just cold. Nothing, nothing Bo- else. Borky, anything in Jackson? Uh, not yet. We're going to get crap. Uh, tonight it looks like and by crap I mean just like freezing rain and like a little bit of snow mixed in as a teaser but uh, not the good stuff but yeah we might have um, a dangerous road and school cancellation situation tomorrow if we get enough of the crap because it's not getting above 28 tomorrow so 
Luke Johnson sent me a text earlier today. He's like, hey, send me a picture of the snow. It's hot here. And I was like, <laughs> we just got a message on the ceasefire text line. It says still in the 50s in, uh, in Hattiesburg. Yeah, it has not gotten out of the teens in Oxford today. And uh, we got about, I don't know, five or six inches of uh, a mix of mostly sleet with a little bit of snow on it as well. It, 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 I tell you what, it's enough snow, and I don't know exactly from a measurement standpoint how much we've gotten, but it's enough that when you get on the road, if you're on a road where there is a curb that goes up to a sidewalk, you can't see it. Like it's just one big, flat, white patch of nothingness out in front of you. So uh, whatever that is, five, six inches. Uh, thanks for being with us this afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, it's the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. If you had um, heated golf balls that glow, maybe you could play. I don't know. I, I guess Philadelphia is probably good. If they've got 50s in Philadelphia like they do in Hattiesburg, you could be playing golf right now. Um, check them out online, PearlRiverResort.com. If today is not the golf day for you, that day is coming very soon. In the future, you can uh, you can book your tee time online at Dancing Rabbit Golf. You can also join the show on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, and that's right here in C Spire country. C Spire, customer inspired. What a busy weekend, guys. I mean, there is a lot that happened in the sports world on the heels of a really, really busy week last week. It was just a week ago today when uh, we decided the national champion in college football. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. I mean, what has happened between then and now? Uh, I mean, I saw a tweet from Ian Rappaport last night, and I understand what he was talking about. But he said, what you're seeing right now is unfathomable. And it's like, Ian... Is it really unfathomable to see the Dallas Cowboys choke in the playoffs? Is that really the word? You're a wordsmith. Yeah, you got your career started by being a writer. I know you know what the word unfathomable means, my friend. And he's got ties to Mississippi State. I know you know what that means. What happened last night is completely fathomable. Completely. Almost even predictable. I fathomed it. Yes. Yeah. The, the fraud boys think, frauded once again. The takery with the fraud boys. The fraud boys. But we did all fathom it. I yes. mean, you know, it was, I, I have fathomed that before. Yeah. And um, the Seahawks are going to interview Dan Quinn? It's like, what? what? Did, guys, yeah, hold on. Did you watch last night? You want to interview that guy? I know he's been great and and all that, but never, still, did never you mind that. Like, hey, all, well, hold on a second now. All they're doing is asking him to be their head coach. They're not. It's not like they're asking him to bring Dak with him to play quarterback in the playoffs. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I wouldn't. I wouldn't let Dan Quinn coach anything. Does people forget twenty eight to three so easily? I mean, I guess being a Saints fan, I don't. But <laughs> come on, well, oh, that guy coach my uh, a softball team. A, uh, a busy weekend all the way around. You had hoops the uh, the day the SEC day got started. It was quadruple header on the SEC network with Ole Miss and Vanderbilt. Rebels got a win there. We'll talk about that as Ole Miss moved to 15-1 and 
on the year. They got a road trip to LSU coming up for the uh, the midweek game. Mississippi State, great environment, not good, great environment at Humphrey Coliseum on Saturday night. Packed house, students there, really into it all night long. Mississippi State led for much of the game, certainly in it the entire game, but uh, some miscues down the stretch especially at the free throw line, and uh, a missed opportunity for for Mississippi State. I I don't know that you can describe it any other way than a missed opportunity against a really good team in your gym playing well enough to win and then just not being able to finish it at the the end. So a, a tough loss for Mississippi State, and now the Bulldogs have to go on the road, and their next opponent is the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, it was a, a good weekend all also the way Also coming around. off a loss. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Uh, an overtime loss in College State. It was that kind of weekend in the SEC. So Mississippi St- was State, even though what, it ended up being an eight-point game, it was tight down to the final minute of the ball game. You had Missouri, South Carolina, which went to overtime. You had um, Texas A&M, Kentucky going to overtime. Georgia actually had a nine-point lead with seven minutes to go. There was a 15-point swing in the final seven minutes of that ball game as Tennessee had to come from behind to beat Georgia in Athens. Eight of the top ten teams in college basketball last week lost this week. So do you have any shakeup whatsoever in your top 25 when eight of the top ten lose? I mean, I guess Houston, who lost twice, will drop a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but by and large, it'll be a lot. It'll be a lot of the same. Just maybe move some pieces around here and there to make it feel like you did some work. But yeah. other than that, nah. Maybe, uh, maybe so. And then the NFL weekend uh, got started on uh, on Saturday. You had the uh, the Chiefs game uh, against the Miami Dolphins on Saturday night. I mean, it took about oh, I don't know, four minutes of watching that football game to know how that one was going to play out. Yeah. The opening drive for the Chiefs said, uh-oh, Miami's in trouble. Especially when Kansas City came out, they said, we don't care what the weather is, we're throwing the football. And then they mixed in a little bit of run on that opening drive. We're like, uh-oh. All right, so they're having a little success throwing it, and they ran it, and they were physical, and then Miami gets their first offensive possession, and they go three and out. You're like, we've seen enough. We know how this one's going to end. And uh, it, it certainly ended that way. Yeah, the uh, the the Dolphins are a little bit lucky. Specifically, Tua is lucky that the Cowboys look the way they did because he's not going to get the uh, eye of most of sports media. But um, I, I mean, he was he was frankly very bad, and it goes to show you that being a cold weather team or being used to the cold weather actually does matter. I do think let's pretend for a second like that game was in Miami. I don't know if it goes uh, the the same way. Uh, Mahomes is used to it. The, the Chiefs are used to it, but. You also got a shattered helmet in there, which was wild. Dude, it was so cold there. It was so cold for that ball game. A guy's helmet shattered. I've, it was so cold. I've watched the uh, the water bottle video about 20 times. I keep showing it to people. Have you seen this? This is incredible. Or it was warmer in the, in the refrigerator. It's 40 degrees warmer in a refrigerator than it was outside. You had Browns-Texans on Saturday. What a game for C.J. Stroud. What a game for the Houston Texans. Uh, the aforementioned Packers-Cowboys game yesterday. Rams-Lions last night. That story continues to be 
Really, really cool. And two games on this Monday in Super Wild Card Weekend, Steelers-Bills and Eagles-Bucks. That's the uh, the nightcap today. Let's take a quick time out. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will dive into some of these topics when we come back with you right here in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Mississippi. Hey, it's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Are you gonna take me home tonight? Oh, down beside that red firelight. Oh, you gonna let it all hang out? Fat bottom girls, you make the rocking world go was the final in Oxford on Saturday early afternoon as Ole Miss improved to 15-1 on the year of the win over the Vanderbilt Commodores. They got to 2-1 in the SEC. Vanderbilt fell to 0-3 in conference play. Crowd of over 8,000 there for the games. Close to full. Not not quite, but uh, close to it. Um, So a big game for Matthew Morrell. He had 24 points to lead Ole Miss in scoring on 9 of 17 shooting. He was 6 of 12 from behind the arc. Did that in 36 minutes. Allen Flanagan Alan Flanagan uh, had 16 points in the... Allen uh, Flanagan in, would be an interesting name, though. That would be a name, brother. I feel like I'm, I'm, like, I'm frozen or something. I, I don't even know what's going on. Do you have a window open or something? What's going on there? No, I'm I'm in my office outside the house, and I've got a heater for that. Like a, it's not a window unit. What do they call those? A uh, a split, a mini split. Um, and yeah. I've got to turn on seventy eight, brother. But it is cold in here. I, I did notice that earlier today. I came home and uh, one of my kids had snuck into the office. I don't really know why. I think she had gotten snow in one of her boots, and so it was like the first place she could get to to like take her boot off and dump the snow out of the floor and, you know, whatever. And she had the door open. I said, what are we doing here? Like, like, close the door. It's 14 degrees outside. But anyway, I digress. 12 points for, uh, for Jalen Murray in the, uh, in the game. Almost had six blocks, which was a significant decrease from what they did against Florida earlier in the week, but still, uh, Jamarian Sharp with three blocks in the game. He also had eight rebounds. Uh, what did you guys think of this one? I, I, I was able to watch most of it, and it felt like one of those games where the outcome was never really in doubt. Almost played well enough early. They pulled away in the first half. Vanderbilt tied it or didn't tie it up, but they tightened it up. Got it back to a three-point game, and immediately Ole Miss went on like a 10-0 run to push it back out to 13 and just kind of kept Vanderbilt at arm's length as if there was never really any question as to how it was going to finish. Yeah, as Haydad's been saying, somebody is going to get got by Vanderbilt. And the most important thing that happened Saturday was you were healthy and you didn't get got by Vanderbilt. I mean, they didn't shoot well, especially in the second half, had a really, really bad shooting game. But they out-rebounded Vanderbilt, which is not something – I know they're not a good team, but – Ole Miss has struggled rebounding. They out-rebounded Vanderbilt. Their assist-to-turnover ratio was still really, really good. 
uh, forced some turnovers, had some blocks as well. So outside of shooting, they still, uh, you know, the numbers tell you that they they played a good enough game, and that's why they were able to keep their distance and just kind of anytime Vanderbilt would swing, they would just kind of you know just push them back down and uh, kept them at a comfortable distance. That's the only thing to take away from this is, you know, you win, you uncomfortable. You avoided the net bomb, which Vanderbilt would have been, and now you get to continue playing important games moving forward. Yeah, and, and that next one is LSU on uh, on Wednesday night, and that has turned into a, a little bit better opportunity. LSU has played, I think, better than people thought they would early in uh, in conference play, and and so we'll he- see how it shakes out. The, to me, the one thing that kind of stands out. In a little bit of a negative, Ole Miss didn't shoot it well in the second half. They were great in the first half. First half, they were 57% from the field and 58% from three. In the second half, they shot 25, 26% from the field and 23% from three. So, in the aggregate, it was okay, right? 41% shooting for the game. Wouldn't mind it being a little bit better than that, but that's not bad. And they were 40% from three, which is great. Ole Miss continues to lead the SEC in three-point shooting. They are top ten nationally in three-point shooting. And they're pretty good at the free throw line as well. If they continue to shoot the basketball like this, they're going to continue to win basketball games. Not all of them, but they're going to continue to win games. They're going to pretty consistently shoot 40% from three. Yeah, I thought well, what I was most impressed with with Ole Miss is that there were a couple of times that Vanderbilt made it close and Ole Miss would immediately push the lead back out. They they they, they wouldn't let themselves get into trouble. Um I thought that I thought that's that's the sign of a good team. You know, a a good team that that can can keep hold of the lead, maintain a lead and then when you know, invariably in every basketball game there's going to be a run to survive the run and then just get right back on top. I thought that was the most impressive thing about this game. Uh, for Ole Miss for me. Yeah. What do you guys think of Ole Miss as a team? Obviously the record is really good at this point. Um, non-conference schedule is not super difficult. Their start to league play has certainly been manageable. They did not play well against Tennessee on the road. They played very, very well against Florida in, in what was a good win. I mean, Florida went back home and just beat the heck out of Arkansas this weekend. Um Yeah. What what is up with our ask conversation for another segment? Ooh, but Arkansas, yeah. Whew. Yeah, we, we need to yeah we we need to talk some big picture SEC stuff because there's some fascinating stories yeah. as you uh, you look across the league and and that one's at the top of the list and in terms of Arkansas being I mean they're they're borderline dumpster fire right now getting close Muslim hates his team uh, and and uh, he will let them know too with his antics but. Um, I, I think Ole Miss is a, is a good but flawed team, which is absolutely fine uh, considering you know where they are and, and it's year one in a program and all that. But what should be encouraging is is the production they're getting and who they're getting it from. Right? These are guys that that have played in this league. It, I mean, you, you talked about Matt Morell. You know exactly what he can do in the SEC. It's not like he's playing like above his head where he's going to regress back to the mean. Like, no, he's done it, and he's under that old Miss. You've Flanagan was at Auburn, but, I mean, years of this kind of production and value in the SEC. Breakfield, same thing. These are a bunch of guys that have played a lot of basketball. And I think that because of that, 
you're, you're going to see them be able to weather, because adversity is going to come. They already had it in Knoxville. They lost, and look what they did immediately thereafter. I mean, it speaks to good coaching, but also it's not like this is a team that's filled with freshmen or a team that's just filled with transfers, uh, despite what uh, Stackhouse said last night. Your your key players are guys that have uh, have been there. And so I think that that bodes well to them making that run to becoming a tournament team because what they're doing right now is not – like above their heads or insurmountable, or there's some kind of regression back to the mean coming. Matt Morell can be this guy on a nightly basis. He's not going to shoot 50% from three on a nightly basis, but he can score on a nightly basis. Jamin Brakefield can score on a nightly basis. Alan Flanagan can score on a nightly basis. And their defensive activity travels, or it can travel uh, anyway. So, so there's a lot to like. They're flawed, rebounding. Uh, they, they don't get really any scoring from their bigs. That that could come back to haunt them. But they've got a great little point guard and they, a bunch of experienced players around them that can win games and, and be competitive. You've seen them do it in the past, and obviously they are significantly better coached on top of it. I mean, you know, your record says you are, and their record says they're 15-1. and one. And yeah. if they continue to win games, I mean, they, they're not going to have to win a whole ton more to be an NCAA tournament team in year one, and that would be a huge triumph for Chris Beard uh, in year one at Ole Miss to, to get to that point. Yeah, it absolutely would be, considering what they were a year ago uh, compared to what they are right now. It is a big, big swing. We talk a ton about net rankings, and we talk about it because it's the, the most significant factor that the NCAA committee uses when they're selecting the, the 68 teams for the tournament. But if you guys want to explain to me how this happens, Houston, who is a really good basketball team, like the Houston Cougars, Kelvin Sampson, they've been good for a bunch of years now. They lost twice this week. And you know what happened to their net ranking? They went up to number one. They lost two games this week and moved up to the number one net in the entire country. Can you imagine? Where where would they have gone if they had won both of those games? <laughs> it's like, to the NBA. Yeah, I mean, good grief. I mean, are you seeing the Spurs right now? Maybe they could beat the Spurs. That's how bad they are today, but anyway. Bama's fourth. Tennessee is sixth. Auburn is eighth. That Auburn team is hot right now. Uh, Kentucky at 18. Mississippi State drops a couple of stop spots from 33 to 35. A&M with their first SEC win gets to 41. Florida is at 49. South Carolina 54. Ole Miss at 56. So Ole Miss eh, steadily moving up. It's one spot up from where they were. Georgia 84, LSU 96, and uh, and so on. Arkansas at 113 in the net now. Missouri at 119. And Oof. then you got Vanderbilt at 249. Can't afford to lose to Vanderbilt. Nope. You pointed it out just a second ago. So, Ole Miss now 15-1 with that win on Saturday. What about Mississippi State? That was a um, that was an interesting game. That was a physical basketball game. At times it looked like a street fight. I've seen a lot of complaint about the officiating in that game. I need to understand a little more why people are so upset about that. We'll talk about it more when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go. Go 
Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. But I kind of was throwing out all the stuff that we wanted to try and get to. I, I missed a couple of things. Uh, one, the, um, the game on Saturday night that was on Peacock did quite well. We'll get into that. And um, one of the most attractive athletics director jobs in the country is currently open. And uh, Brian Haydad is a little surprised at who it appears is going to be the next AD at a very prominent school in the Big Ten. Also that coming up. But right now, let's talk state hoops. Mississippi State hosting Alabama. Haydad, I said earlier, not a good crowd, but a great crowd. I mean, Big energy, 9,142, the paid attendance, and uh, that felt like a, uh, a pretty accurate number for uh, people in there. It was hard to tell for me, like, uh, well, there were there were two things that were going on. One, I was driving, uh, and so I was watching, but I was also trying to pay more attention to the road than I was the, uh, the screen on my phone. And two, it's dark in the upper deck. And so it was really hard to see, like, in the end zones up high if, like, every seat was full. But you would see those cutaway shots. It's like, man, this thing looks packed. And the energy in Starkville on Saturday night was great. The, the dark part of the uh, the upper level there is really tough on an old guy trying to type. I'll put it that way. It's it's tough. That, that's where you I need sit. to bring a little lamp in there. That's where I sit, yeah. Uh, yeah, packed house. It, it, it was a really good crowd. Good energy. Uh, I mean, there was a good buzz. Student section full, 40, 50 minutes before the game even tipped off. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just, just a really good atmosphere. But unfortunately for Mississippi State, uh, as Zach Selman said, an alternative outcome uh, to what would have prefer, you would have preferred uh, a loss. Again, was tied with two and a half to go. State led through some parts of the first half. Came out in the second half, grabbed the lead, and then immediately gave it back. Fought back and forth with Alabama. Um, but at the end of the day, free throws were the difference. Uh, State 15 of 25 off the line. They were 4 of 10 in the first half. They come back in the second half strong. They make 11 straight, make it 15 of 21. But uh, I'm sorry, 15 of, uh, I guess, of 19, whatever it is. And then, I can't do the math. Then, But they missed six in the State, closing State moments. Was a, uh, State was 11 of 17 from the line in the second half. They finished 15 of 27. 55.6%. So they were 11 of 11 in the second half before the two-minute mark. And then Tolu Smith misses two free throws with a chance to tie. Uh, Shaq Moore miss, or Cam Matthews misses two free throws with a chance to cut it to two. And then Shaq Moore misses two free throws with a chance to cut it to, to, uh, to three. And that's how the game finishes up. And State didn't, didn't play its best game. Um, they, they let Mark Sears beat them, and as, as he's wont to do, really, really good player for them. You know, you look at Tolu Smith's stat line, you see 15 and 10, you think, okay, he played all right, but he, he, he missed 10 shots from the field and five free throws. So he had a chance to have a monster night from the field, but, but 
just didn't play his game. I thought Alabama did a good job of getting to him. Uh, they, they played him physically, and, and it got him off his game. It was a very physical game. You mentioned the, the officiating, both ends of the court. It felt like it, it, sometimes they were just letting it, letting them go and playing to the point where it was almost like street ball. And then there were sometimes they would come down the court and you know you'd breathe on a guy and, and get a foul call. There was no consistency uh, from the officiating on either side. Um, I think that's State a had a chance to win. Game. I think that's a hard type game to call. Um, Mississippi State, it, it, right, wrong, or indifferent, but but I think it's what Chris Jans wants has developed a reputation as being a very physical basketball team. And and I think that's what he wants to be. I think he wants to be known as a physical team and a team that plays great defense, and they do that. And I thought Alabama at least tried to match their physical intensity, which feels like a little bit of a stretch for Alabama because they don't necessarily have the pieces to do that. I mean, the guy that was was trying to guard Tolu Smith for a lot of the uh, game and did a reasonably good job, Grant Nelson, he's a big kid. He was giving up 30 pounds to Tolu Smith, and so it was a battle. Yeah. And Pringle fouled out in the game, who, who also was trying to kind of battle down low. He only played five minutes. Is that right? He played yes. six minutes. Yes. He had five fouls in six minutes uh, and was a starter. For uh, for Alabama, no, he just couldn't. No stay points, away no from rebounds, him. no assists. One turnover, five fouls, six minutes. Yeah, that's tough. Heck that's of a, stat a tough line. night at yeah. the office. Um, but got the win. But, but anyway, and, and that's uh, what matters. Uh, yeah, but I, I guess ultimately, what I was thinking was that's got to be a hard game to officiate when you know you have one team that is physical, like that is their DNA, and you tend to get a reputation for that, and you know opponents are probably going to get more whistles when they face Mississippi State than other teams just because of the style of basketball. I mean, not only does Mississippi State play that way, but they look that. I mean, when you look at Tolu Smith, when you look at DJ Jeffries, when you look at Cameron Matthews, those guys are physically imposing and intimidating. And then when you have a team that tries to match that physical intensity – and maybe is willing to play a little chippier than they normally would. Uh, I gotta believe that's a, a difficult, tight game to officiate. I'm sure it is, but that's why they're there. So <laughs> I can't, I can't have any sympathy for them. You know, show up and right, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me pull a Roy Keane here. That's his job. So yeah, you whatever the the officiating is what it is. I never expect great officiating, so it, it just is what it is. But state had an opportunity to, to to tie, take the lead several times. They missed not only they missed free throws at the end, but you know you, I showed you that the Tolu the Tolu line five of fifteen. He missed two or three blank point blank put back attempts. So did Cam Matthews. They had a lot of opportunities in this game. They just didn't take advantage of it. So State needed to get a split this week. They couldn't afford to go zero and two in the to start and be zero and three in the conference. I and really thought it would go the other in. way. Yeah, I really thought it would be the other way. I thought they would beat Alabama but lose to Tennessee. But you take what you can get in, in this. State's still sitting very good in the net. They have another quad one opportunity on Wednesday with Kentucky coming up, and then they have to face the challenge of Vanderbilt, which is can't lose to them. So that's that's again. State needs to be a split is fine this week, as long as the one is Vanderbilt. Yeah, if State comes home and loses to Vanderbilt, it feels like that would take away from a win against Kentucky. 
if they get the split. Right. You're not going to give the Kentucky well, I mean, yeah, win back. But, uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Be a quad four loss there. And, and what I found it interesting. I, I looked today. State does not have a quad four loss right this second. Southern has done enough to this point that that is still a quad three game wow. for Mississippi State. Good. How about that? So I, I assume eventually it will become a quad four loss with Southern playing in the SWAC. But right now it's a quad three. I understand hey. there's a lot of concern, by the way, about the the clutch minutes. And I know that's an NBA stat where it's a, a game within five points with five minutes to go. That's an NBA stat thing, and we don't talk about that in college. But State over the last couple of years has not been particularly great in the clutch. They, they just haven't. I understand that. But I, I did see a lot of the... A the, unicorn. Dawson Knox scored a touchdown. Oh, a imagine unicorn. that. Hey, Phil Longo. Sorry. Carry um, on. My bad. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, by the way, uh, his first road game is Madison, Wisconsin. How about that? Mm. Um, something. But I, I saw he some He was going to coach every... a Big Ten game one way or the other. Yes, he was. Uh, no doubt about it. But, uh, no, I, I saw a lot of the – see, this is why I never get excited for basketball. Because every time I do, we lose. And th- every time – you cannot say that after you, on Wednesday, beat top five Tennessee in that same building. You, I, I'm not going to hear the, this is why I don't go to basketball games, because they always let us down. They beat top five Tennessee in that building like four days before. I don't want to hear that. The team deserves crowds. Keep showing up. They've earned it. At least we forget what happened when Tennessee came to town not even a week ago. Plus, you know, if you come to the hump this weekend, you can get a, a free photograph with Richard Cross. Sure. And yeah. Ryan Haydad will sign it. I will sign it. I don't want to know what we you're going to for- or, or what you're going to write on it, but uh, hey. Yeah, I'm in Starkville the next two weekends. I know. I'm excited. Yeah, looking forward to that. Always Maybe glad can, to have you in. We can in uh, break bread together. I'm I'm down. I'm down. Hey, I just want to share this real quick. Um, you and others have had thoughts on the Humphrey Coliseum renovation. Mm-hmm. That it was, you know, it's, it's it's fine. It's nice. It's okay. I talked to someone. That's how who I would there. describe it? Yes. Uh, I talked to someone who was there and was like, it's really nice. So kind of an outside perspective, not somebody that goes into the building on a daily basis. Oh, I'll tell you, it was John Sunvolt, who was the analyst on the uh, on the game. He and I were talking after it was over, and uh, or maybe it was even before the game. He had been to shoot around, and he was really impressed with, with what they had done. So just a slightly it's improved. perspective. It's, it- it's just the idea. You still feel like you're still going to the same arena is my issue. Whereas at Ole Miss, the pavilion is not Tad Smith. Like, but literally, it's a different building. Right. It's literally different. That's my, that's my difference. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV on this Monday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi.
to Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort. Check them out online at pearlriverresort.com. I keep thinking, guys, it's going to stop snowing, and it keeps not stopping. Like it started kind of in earnest here yesterday mid-afternoon, and by about 5 o'clock it was coming down pretty good. And then it was like all sleet, and then it kind of turned to snow, but it was mostly sleet. And probably up until about midnight or so, it kind of slacked off a little bit during the night. But about 6.30 or 7 o'clock this morning, it started back. It just hadn't stopped, like, all day long. It's crazy. Um, I think snow is a novelty where we are, right? Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's snowing. Yeah. yeah. After about a day of it, they're ready for that novelty to just ease on out of here. <laughs> like, So today, obviously, was a school holiday for, uh, for Martin Luther King Day. Kids are out of school anyway. They have already announced that the Oxford School District will be closed Tuesday and Wednesday. I don't see. I don't think there's any way they're going to go to school all week. Like they're going to get yeah, Christmas think- break one week back and then the entire week off. It's crazy. I don't know if that's good for parents or bad for parents. My my, my guess is. Yeah, my my guess is that most parents would be like, yeah, we probably weren't quite ready for a full another week off um, this early. Uh, Dwayne and Brandon says it is getting darker there in Brandon. Um, okay. Borky, you said it's you, – you guys have got some, what, freezing rain or slushy yeah. stuff or something coming tonight? Wintery mix uh, paired with below freezing temperatures all day. They've already canceled uh, schools here in the area, and it, it looks like – I mean, the person – Yeah. Uh, so so my county schools, uh, they've announced cancellation, which uh, not good for me, but that's okay. Um so, yeah, that's already happening. It, it looks like we are going to get something. I mean, the percentages just keep rising. It went from 30% this morning to now 75% uh, today. So we're going to get something. It's just not going to be fun and powdery and uh, white like snow. It's going to be just ice, and that's it. The, the dreaded wintry mix. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, yeah. Slushy. Ugh. You can't build snowmen out of it. I, I mean, that's... Uh, tell a little guy, I was like, you know, it, it might, we might get a little bit of snow. He's like, oh, can we build a snowman? It's like, probably not, but yeah, I wish we could. That's That has probably been the biggest frustration for my kids today. It's so much sleet. It's like ice pellets. They won't stick together. No. Like, you can try and make them in a ball, and then you, like, get uh, take your hand back like you're going to throw it, and it just, like, crumbles in your uh, in your hand. Hey, you know what's impressive? Borky, you, were, you and I were talking about this during the break a minute ago. The crowd in Buffalo, they pushed this game a day. Like Instead of the game being on Sunday, it's a Monday. Now, this, again, was a, a holiday for many of the people that would go to this football game. 17 degrees. They had a massive amount of snow. The stadium is – I don't know. I guess everybody's just standing. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody is sitting – and if they are sitting, they are sitting directly in a pile of snow because they didn't clear the stadium of snow. They didn't have time to do it. It is packed to the gills. Mm-hmm. 17 wow. degrees, 15-degree wind chill, sitting on snow in the stands. 
That is a hearty group of fans there in Buffalo. And Orchard Park. The the best celebration in sports is a full stadium throwing snow up in the air after a touchdown, and we got that. It's really good. It's really and so now those are their cutaway shots going to commercial all day long. Uh it it, it was really cool. Um quick thoughts on CJ Stroud. I thought the Texans were incredible in that game against Cleveland. Really, really good. Really good. Like, we will, you know, we, we had the Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf, and clearly the right guy went first. We might, yeah. in 10 years, look back and do the same thing with Bryce Young and him and go, the wrong guy went first. And, and they're not even done. I mean, they're not anywhere close to, to building the roster to completion. Don't forget, they still have extra picks in this coming draft because the Browns traded everything to get Deshaun Watson. I know he didn't play yesterday, but the Browns traded a bunch of draft capital to the team that smoked them in the playoffs. I mean, they've still got multiple first-round picks to go. A couple of seconds, too. What a difference a year makes, and certainly what a difference two years makes. So, what, two years ago, Houston was just mired in the what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, and they were losing games. And when Casario, uh, is it Casario, the, the general manager came in, there were some hit pieces written about him. Well, it's because he was kind of trying to clean up house. That organization was dysfunctional. They had lost all the momentum that they had built under Bill O'Brien. And it was like they had to start over. And they loved Amico Ryans. They really love CJ Stroud. They love Will Anderson. And so they've got a piece around which to build on both sides of the ball. And a head coach that right now is kind of a darling, they got a good thing going in Houston. It's time to get real. Real sports talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, back with you. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them online at Pearl River Resort to learn more or visit them in person inside the Golden Moon at the sports book. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. You want to join the conversation? Ceasefire text line is the best way to do that. 601 879 Four three nine five. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. It's uh, what I'm broadcasting on right now. Get that gigabit fiber coming directly into my home office. You can uh, get the exact same thing. Learn more at cspire.com/business. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. It is Monday. It is four o'clock. That means it's time for winners and losers. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? That is how we determine winners and losers. Michael Borky. 
Lead us off with a winner. It is so obvious this weekend, although Jordan Love uh, is runner-up. But the the winner winners of the weekend are Detroit Lions fans, the organization, Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, everybody involved in that. Did you see the volume of grown men crying in the stands after that game? It had been three decades since since they had hosted a playoff game in their home stadium, and they get a win. I mean, that's a city, not to get into politics and economics, that has been really down bad for quite some time, and they're trying to recover, and and they're working on it, and it's getting better, and there's investment, and there's growth, and stuff's happening there, but they've been down bad for quite some time in Detroit. And you bring in this this meathead in Dan Campbell that's just getting mocked at every turn. Uh, All the clips are resurfacing. Not only of like his press conferences and team meetings and stuff that people were making fun of, uh, but also the reaction to his hire. Uh, I mean, both driven by agendas and just people thinking that he wasn't qualified for the job or whatever. But um, this guy, this this lovable football guy, takes Detroit to a home playoff win. It's incredible. And then the the post game in the locker room where he gives two game balls, one to the GM who's crying because he's so excited, and then he gives another game ball to Jared Goff, and before he gives it to him, he says, you know, Jared, you're good enough for for Detroit, before he gives him the ball, knowing that wow. L.A. just shipped him off because he wasn't good enough for L.A. That that Everything involved in the Lions' win was awesome. It was – I was listening to the end of their radio broadcast – and, I mean, you, you want to talk about guys that were having fun at the end of that one. But the play-by-play announcer, and forgive me, I don't know his name, was um, it, it was the second playoff win since the mid-1950s and the first playoff win, and he ripped off the date, like January 5th, 1992. It had been 30 years since... The Detroit Lions had won a playoff game, and it was unbridled, just joy for their fans. Yeah, and that place was rocking. Oh, so loud, so good. It's been good all season long. And that's the thing. Those fans have been there for all of the years. They've had good crowds, good attendance. It's not like they didn't have fan support. They just didn't have wins. And um, I, I thought what I, I thought Chris Collinsworth did a really good job setting Mike Tarico up. And he said, uh, you live in this area, Mike. What, what does this mean for the Detroit area? And Tarico said, well, you know, for so long there's been an acronym used with Detroit Lions football. It's SOL, same old Lions. <laughs> And it's not the same old Lions anymore. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was uh, that was really good. Hey, Dad, give me a winner. Let's do some hoops, and we'll go with Texas A&M. You know, anytime you play Kentucky in a close game, I never I never feel good about your chances. And, and you know, there, that was a really good college basketball. It was very – the intensity was very high. And you would expect that with Buzz Williams and the way he coaches his team. Um, John Calipari and, and what he does with his team. 
that was a really good college basketball game to go into overtime uh, to to get the win. That that's a big win for Texas A and M. I felt like they needed that. What, what do you got there? Got got some cookies. Well, special delivery, warm cookies, bonus for being at the house and not getting to the uh, the normal Pearl River Resort studio. Goodness gracious! Carry on. Well, that's yeah. So. The, my winner is Texas A and M basketball. Buzz Williams, good win. I think my winner is me for warm cookies right now. Yeah, he might very well be. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my winner is Keith Carter. Think about the last couple of years, last few years. You remember Keith Carter got the athletics director job, and there were a lot of people who were like, very much the Ole Miss way, just promote from within. We did a nationwide search, and the perfect guy was just right down the hall. You heard a lot of that when Keith Carter was uh, was hired. And since Keith Carter is hired, he had to make a difficult football decision early on in terminating Matt Luke, who very much was a kind of a favorite son. And then he took a little bit of a chance with Lane Kiffin. I say a little bit of a chance. It's a little bit of a chance. And it has paid dividends. And not only did he take a chance initially, he's done what it has what what has been needed to keep Lane Kiffin. And to keep Lane Kiffin reasonably happy. And he made a hire last year in basketball where he took a little bit of a chance in hiring Chris Beard. There was no question about Chris Beard's basketball credentials. But Keith didn't just go with the surface level. This is what happened in the some of the off-the-court stuff. They really dug into it, and they got to a place where they were comfortable and he hired a guy that has turned a basketball program around in a single season. And he runs a department that has been kind of at the forefront of the NIL, and there's just a lot of momentum. Keith Carter's just done a lot of good in a relatively short period of time as an athletics director with no experience as an AD. Now, he had worked in administration, but not as an AD. And uh, so I'm putting Keith Carter on the list. Uh, think about all of those things happened after Ross Bjork fell upwards somehow. It's another. Tell more about that later. I'm sure. Yeah, we will. The we uh, we will. Yeah. Uh, hey, Dad, do you have another winner? Yeah, uh, Sam Purcell uh, got the win yesterday. Mississippi State over Ole Miss in women's basketball. You know, it was 0-2 last year against the Rebels. And Coach Joe really had his number last year uh, on sat, on Sunday, got the win, uh, dominated the fourth quarter, held the Rebels to, to six points. Uh, both Mississippi State teams really, and both Ole Miss teams are as well, but most Mississippi State teams right now safely in the NCAA tournament uh, picture. I, I like what Purcell is doing. He had a really good week, got a good win at Arkansas uh, on Wednesday, or I'm sorry, on Thursday. So a good week for him, 2-0, and uh, tied us up is what he did. All right, so you and I are 2-2, two, two, right? 2-2. Two and two. I'd like to point out that last year you were never tied with me at any point. Uh, that's correct. That is, uh, yeah. that is correct. So so you got the soccer win to jump out to a one nothing lead. Uh, I got the football right. win, which counted for two. I had to learn that one the hard way yeah. last year. And then uh, you get yes. the first basketball meeting on the women's side to ne- even things at 2-2. Two, two. Next so up, January 30th in the pavilion. Are- 
Yeah, we got we got two basketball games re- remaining. Three basketball Three. games. One women's and two men's. And, but, and then we'll yeah. have four baseball. baseball games? Yes. At least four? At, at least four, yes. And I guess basketball could always meet in the postseason and add to the uh, add to the number. They could. All they right. could. Yeah. Borky, do you have another winner? Yeah, Jordan Love. I mean, we'll talk about the fraud boys after the break, but uh, I mean, uh, more, more specifically, how about the Packers with how they have managed quarterbacks? It's unbelievable. The most difficult position to get right, and they went Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer if whoever votes can keep politics out of it, which you hope, but you never know with people anymore. To a guy that I know it's it's his first year starting and all that, I understand it, but he looked far more poised and far more prepared for the moment than than Prescott did. It just calm, comfortable. The, the team is playing so well, and, and it has a. I mean, he's a major part of that. The Packers and quarterbacks are unbelievable, and it looks like they got another one. We will continue winners and losers when we come back. We want to hear yours as well on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Our Sports Talk Mississippi, now. Now. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Love to hear from you on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. You can uh, text us your winner or loser. Uh, Borky was talking about Jordan Love prior to the break. Danny at Columbus says Jordan Love could be the next Patrick Mahomes with a touch of Favre. Go ahead, Danny. Just set those expectations out there pretty good. What, what, what is? Uh, how, do, how do you describe Jordan Love? Uh, kind of a mix of Patty Mahomes and Brett Favre. Oh, okay then. All right. Pretty uh, pretty high praise. Uh, uh, Mike in Oxford says, given today's weather, Ole Miss baseball is a winner for opening their season in Honolulu. Yeah, but they don't get to be there today, so they got to wait a little while uh, longer before they make that trip. Let's let's turn it negative. Losers. It's obvious, just right? Go ahead, Porky. Porky, you just go ahead. The, the, go ahead. the Dallas Fraud do, do Boys, thing, man. Uh, the, the first team in the history of the National Football League to win at least 12 games for three consecutive seasons and not even make their conference championship game. First time ever. Here, But here's the thing, though. Everybody's blaming Dak, and quite frankly, he, he was bad from the jump last night, and, and that cost their team. I mean, they had no shot. He was bad early. He has not been particularly good in the playoffs. That That, that is very true. Um, they're going to move on from McCarthy because he, he's not getting it done. Understand that. But McCarthy's a Super Bowl winning coach. He's done it before. He didn't just suddenly become incompetent when he came to Dallas. We've actually said this before on this very show after a Cowboys playoff loss, but I'm going to say it again because I couldn't find the old clip even though I know it's out there. The Cowboys have not made the NFC Championship game 
since I was younger than my son. Think about that. Since I was younger than my four-year-old son was the last time the Cowboys made the NFC Championship game. Now, think about how much has changed since then. Coaches, rosters, quarterbacks. What is the one constant with the Dallas Cowboys since 1995 to today? What is the one thing that's the exact same? Because you can't just blame Dak because other quarterbacks have failed in Dallas too since then. You can't just blame McCarthy because other coaches have failed in Dallas since then as well. What is the one constant? You're obviously going with Jerry Jones, but Jerry Jones also has three Super Bowl wins on his tenure. I know it's been a long time. I know. But if you're going to say they've been terrible for this long stretch of time and the constant is Jerry Jones, you also have to say, and Jerry Jones owned the team when they won three Super Bowls. He did. The last one coming when I was younger than my four-year-old son. Things, I mean, there, there's only one thing that's been consistent in that stretch of time, and it's who owns the team and who has been involved in constructing the rosters. they, they got to make changes. I get it. There's going to be a debate about what they do at quarterback. That's going to be a fun offseason, uh, for sure, talking about what the Cowboys need to do at quarterback. Uh, that, that'll get some run on the national platforms. but um, Oh, you think? Uh, but I think just blaming McCarthy and Dak isn't exactly telling the whole story about the Cowboys' playoff struggles lately. Okay. That's true. There's, there's a lot there. But that lot was a there. colossal failure. They got embarrassed on their home field last night. That, that's just unacceptable. You, you can't accept that if you're Jerry. You cannot do it. Hey, Dad, what did you think of Jimmy Johnson in his halftime speech? Reminded me of like some local uh, car salesman. He, he was into it. Yeah. He was He was letting into you have it. it. Oh, he was. Yeah. I, I saw somebody say that was not a, a ha-ha bit for television. He was serious. <laughs> he was yeah. angry. I agree with that. Hey, Dad, I give me a little Well, they haven't lost yet, but it appears that they are going to lose Ohio State. They're, they're, they're really going to hire Ross Bjork? What does this guy have to do to to not fall upward? He's going to be president by the end of the uh, by the end of this decade. This guy is incredible. Went to Ole Miss. I mean, you just did a whole segment on how much better Ole Miss athletics is under Keith Carter than it was under Ross Bjork. You just did that. He goes to Texas well, no, A and M. I wasn't comparing and contrasting. I was just. But you did. I was just. You did. Regardless, yeah. And then he goes to Texas A and M and squanders a hundred million dollars of their money, and so now he gets to take over maybe the number one athletic program in the country. I feel like Jerry Seinfeld. Who is this guy? How, how does he keep? How does he keep getting these jobs? I don't get it. I absolutely do not get it. I don't know what Ohio State is seeing here. I don't know what they're doing here. This guy must interview like no other because, uh, but I've heard him talk, so I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it, Richard. I think I've told you before, my sister-in-law is from, uh, she's from Columbus. Didn't go to school at Ohio State, but she's a Buckeye. Grew up there. And uh, still follows him, and she texted me. She, she also has a master's in sports administration, and so she's involved in 
kind of the, the sports side of things as a coach. And uh, she texted me. She's like, so Ross Bjorn to Ohio State, question mark? And I was like, yeah. Um, I have to believe that he networks exceptionally well and interviews exceptionally well. It was interesting that, that that's what you suggested there, that he must be great in an interview setting, because that was my thought as well. Um, look, there's a way to explain the Jimbo deal, the, the, the contract that, that he made. If he was asked about that question, he says, look, I do what I can with the hand that I'm dealt. And if, yeah, he's not the final decision maker. And if he's got alumni or big donors or his boss that says, this is what you're going to do, then you do it. I mean, I guess that's the way you explain that away. But then the coaching search. That ended up being kind of a disaster. You hired a guy and then you you weren't allowed to hire the guy and, and all that became a mess. And maybe you can explain that away too, but you had the NCAA also points situation. To why Ross Bjork would want out of college station. For sure. Uh, you had the NCAA situation at Ole Miss and varying opinions on how that, on how that was handled. Uh, gave a completely unnecessary contract with no mitigation clause to Matt Luke. But I know the pavilion ended up being great despite the camera angle on TV. That stinks out loud. But the, the stadium projects for football were Short-sighted, rushed, and cheap-looking. Frankly, the the things that they've done to the football that they did to the football stadium during his time, I wouldn't call a single one of them good. Like, oh, I'm really impressed by the new North End Zone. No, I'm not. It, it, it looks cheap. And, and what are those black things hanging over the the side of the scoreboard? It just looks cheap. The the South End Zone looked really, really good, and then that that little club area at field level is always empty, and so. Anyway, it all looks bad. Just like hated. I'm just not impressed with anything that I've seen. Like nothing tells me that guy needs to be leading one of, if not the biggest brands in college sports with the biggest budget in college sports. Winner though is Ryan Day because he's about to get a seven-year, hundred twenty-five million dollar extension, fully guaranteed. But not until he loses to Michigan next year. Right, right. They'll do it right after. Yeah. Or in August. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because because why not? Although Ohio State, I, I know they got to beat Michigan first, but have you seen – Ohio State's having a similar run of guys returning that we've seen out of Ole Miss. I mean, Harrison's gone for sure, obviously. But they're getting basically their entire defense back. They, they – Got a really good quarterback in the portal. Henderson, the running back, is back. Paired with Judkins, I guess, is going to back him up because Henderson didn't come back to not be a starter anymore. I mean, they're returning like 18 starters or something like that while also bringing in a quarterback. Ohio State's going to be legit in 24. Really legit. Borky, you said more of the blame needs to go to the owner, and you're right. He's been the constant through all of the struggles that that um, the Cowboys have had. But there's a, a pretty significant amount of blame that has got to go on the quarterback as well. Yes. 
that Dak Prescott had an MVP-like season. I don't know if he's going to be the MVP or not, but he had MVP numbers this year. It'll be Lamar. He was good all season long. And then he got into a big spotlight game, and the Cowboys fell behind early. And I heard somebody describe it as when it gets to a point where he needs to perform, where he needs to put it on his back, he gets tunnel vision, and he doesn't see the entire field. And when you don't see the entire field as a quarterback in the NFL, that leads you to problems, two bad interceptions in that game. It it just got out of hand in a hurry. And Dallas gets some cheap points late third, early fourth to make it look less bad than it was. They were blown out of their own building last night. And now the Cowboys do have to decide, is it worth it to stick with Dak? What do they want? Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Real-time loser, Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Josh Allen just ripped off a 52-yard touchdown run. And after about 20 yards, Pittsburgh probably should have brought him down. And they were like, yeah, it's kind of cold, just just whatever. He just muscled through it and then ran away from everybody to the end zone. Big man moving, picking him up and putting him down. It's pretty athletic. Tomlin's really good. He's a good player. The never had a losing season thing, all that, but hadn't had that high level success in quite some time. Not exactly fair to judge this year because their quarterback, their heir apparent, got hurt a long time ago. He's starting Mason Rudolph on the road in a playoff game. I mean, what what can you ask him to do? But still, it's been been a while since the Steelers have been on top of of professional football. Yeah. Um, let's go to the ceasefire text line for some of your winners and losers, or just thoughts. Jeff says uh, Dak patted his stats late in the game like he always does. I don't know about always does, but that game was way over when the third quarter ended. And you look up, and Dak ends up throwing for 400 and three touchdowns, and they score 16 in the fourth quarter. And Yeah, that's kind of what happened last night. Now, I don't think he was necessarily trying to pad his stats – but, hey, Dan, it looked to me like he was far looser and far more accurate and seeing things better and probably facing a slightly less engaged defense when the game wasn't even in question than well, yeah. when the stakes were really high earlier in the game. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's not breaking news there. The team gets up big and they kind of they coast home. Um yeah, and you know, Dak at this point in his career, his reputation is that of the guy who can't get it done in the playoffs. And it's completely fair. You know, he has not done anything in the playoffs to write home about. So it becomes, you know, is is he ever going to to to, to get over the, the top, you know? Um obviously they're not the same player, but you know, Peyton Manning had that for a while, but Manning would could at least win a couple games in the playoffs. He just kept running into Tom Brady. Until yeah, he finally, eventually got over. Game. Yeah, yeah. So it's not really the same, but you know, 
you do have some guys that it takes a, a, a longer than you would like to get over there, and then some guys never do. You know, Philip Rivers, and and that's the first one that comes to my my mind, obviously. So we'll see. We'll see where it takes Dak. I, it may take him out of Dallas, to be totally honest with you. I don't know. Yeah, that's going to be so fascinating uh, with, with how just all of this movement happens, right? Like the Falcons, for example, they should be in the quarterback market, but they're not picking number one. Uh, I mean, is Chicago moving on from Justin Fields, or do they trade back? At I mean, all the drama around Caleb Williams declaring for the draft, he was never staying in college. Why are people so stupid? But does Chicago stay at number one, Arizona now seems content with Kyler Murray. That, that was a team that could be drafting a quarterback. Maybe not anymore. Uh, Seattle needs a quarterback. I, you, you've got all these quarterback-needy teams in weird spots. And so if you're Atlanta, do you look at Dak and think, we could use that consistency at quarterback, even if he hadn't had playoff success? My goodness, we just need somebody that can throw the football to open players because right now yeah. we don't have that. Um, we have a fascinating offseason upcoming with that position in particular because of who's available in the draft, who's available low in the draft. I mean, I mean, you've got the Heisman Trophy winner that's not a top-five pick, at least you don't think so. And the guy that just played in the national championship is not a top-five pick, at least you don't think so. So quality players available in the middle, it's interesting. I'm, I can't wait. I've been reading mock drafts the last couple of days. Depressing because of the Saints picking an offensive tackle, but... Otherwise, it's interesting. Another message on the ceasefire text line. No, I'm late for winners and losers. No, you're not. You're right on time. But Sam Purcell doing his little dance at the end of the Mississippi State versus Ole Miss women's game was a winner. And this, uh, like, okay, so you had the dance, and then you had the kind of blow-by handshake, um, and... You got some eye of the beholder stuff here, hey, Dad. If you're a state fan, oh, you love Sam Purcell kind of getting jiggy with it there. And if you're an Ole Miss fan, it was completely classless. And yes. If, yes, that's absolutely correct. And if you're an Ole Miss fan, uh, Yo didn't do anything wrong. Coach Yo didn't do anything wrong. She shook his hand. She just kept on walking. And if you're a state fan, you're like, hey, you know what? Just shake his hand, make eye contact, speak. So, a lot of eye of the beholder at the uh, the end of that game yesterday. Russ and Tupelo, he sends us a video of the handshake, and he says, loser, Coach Yo. Again. She does uh, blow on by him there. She does. That's a very quick handshake, That that's for sure. Did, what, have you ever shaken hands with the guy who is like 10 feet from you and you're walking toward him? Sure, you're going to shake hands when you get there. And he's already got his hand extended as he's walking up to you. Yeah. Still walking to the half-court stripe. Like he's leaving the coach's box and he's got his hand out ready to shake. He's ready. He's ready. She did shake. She didn't give it like a slap. I mean, it wasn't like a like no. A she little, gave him a handshake. A fist yeah. bump for a, a slap. I'm impressed that she, went by. she didn't look. She's looking straight ahead the whole time. She didn't even look. She just she was able to a no look handshake. Not yeah. bad. Using that peripheral uh, peripheral vision. Oh goodness. Um. And then uh, I think it was on Twitter today that Coach Yo said that. 
No, no ill intent. She shook his hand. Coaches talk before games, not afterward. Rivalry game. Uh, I got respect for him. He's got respect for me. Okay. I'll have it. Whatever. Uh, a non-controversy uh, there. Yeah, uh, we love to blame ads for everything, but how much sole decision power do they really have? Oh, it depends. I mean, day-to-day stuff, exclusive, big decisions. No, it's not in a vacuum. You gotta get your boss to sign off. You gotta have donors sign off. But it's not so much that you don't have decision-making power. You do. But the most effective athletics directors do two things really, really well. They build consensus for that which they want to do, and they know how to influence. Right? So your your donors may not be necessarily on board with something you want to do, and so you have to kind of influence them to see things the way you see them. And in terms of building consensus, your president may not be on the same page. And so you've got to present whatever it is that you're trying to do in a way that he sees it the way you do, and now you're building consensus. So you've got a united front going through, with whether it's a difficult conversation or, or whatever. Uh, loser. DeBoer. Kirby is baptizing him in a blender right now. I guess the most recent thing, it looked like uh, Traveris Robinson, T-Rob, was leaving Athens, was going to come to Tuscaloosa to be the defensive coordinator. And he did not do that. He decided to stay put at Georgia. Not as a defensive coordinator, but just as a as an assistant. Um, I don't know that Kalen DeBoer is really losing right now, though. No. Will Muschamp's a winner. He's got his millions from getting fired. Yeah. And... Worked and won championships on the the main staff at Georgia, so he's got that. He's got a kid on the team, and he takes a step back into an analyst role so he can live in a great college town in Athens, still work and be around football, have, I mean, none of the pressure anymore of the job, and go to his mansion and count his millions and go to his lake house and his beach house and just enjoy the rest of his life. He's got it figured out. You love football, you stay around football, but you do it in a way where you've got your millions of dollars for not being a good head coach. It's, I mean, he's winning. He's got, got to be the happiest guy in the SEC right now. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a good thing. All right, thanks for uh, your participation in Winners and Losers. You can always reach out to us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. We will take a quick timeout. we got more coming up with you as we wrap up the 4 o'clock hour, roll toward the 5 o'clock hour, get the college football fix still in the 5 o'clock hour, rest of the NFL to talk about. And um, uh, when we come back, we'll take a, a quick peek at SEC basketball. Like, like, let's look at the league as a whole. And um, go look at where we are and what's surprising and what's exactly as we thought it would be. Buffalo leading 21 to nothing and driving again inside four minutes in the second quarter. Bills very much in control in Orchard Park 
against the Steelers. We're back with you after this. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. self-inflicted wound by the Buffalo Bills trying to kick a 49-yard field goal up 21 to nothing. Cold conditions, not a lot of wind. You wouldn't think that that was like a super high-risk move, but you could also just punt Pittsburgh back deep and pin them and play defense when you pitched a shutout. So they try to kick the field goal. It's blocked. It's recovered like and it not just blocked but blocked like 40 yards the other direction. And so you got everybody from Buffalo chasing because you got to tackle the guy that recovers it so he didn't scoop it up and take it for the end zone. And the punter for Buffalo is the holder. And he was chasing, and it was the funniest looking thing. I mean, sad. I feel bad for him. He pulled his hamstring. But he... Picked up his hand muff. Like, you know the hand muff that they wear, the belt around their their waist, where you stick your hands to stay warm on a cold day? As he was chasing down to try to tackle the guy who was recovering the ball, he's like, in one hand, it's like he's carrying his hand muff, and he's like running down, running down, running down. Oh, hammy! He starts limping. going. It was, it was the most kicker-looking play ever. Why is he running with his, like it's somebody's purse that he stole or something? I don't know. It was odd looking. It was odd. You think Josh Allen's just going to punt now? May. If they get into a punting situation. I mean, so it was his non-punting leg, right? So can you punt with a pulled hamstring on your your plant leg? I'm going with. Probably not the best. Probably not. Especially not in that weather. Ooh, could you imagine pulling a muscle in that weather? Mm. Ugh. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been tough. All right, guys, so I said we would talk a little bit about the uh, the SEC. This may carry over into the 5 o'clock hour as well. What What's surprising to you right now in the SEC for the 2023-24 basketball season? What's surprising? Arkansas 0 and 3. Yeah. That's the one that stands out the most to me. They they were preseason top 10, correct? Yeah. I mean, a a and beat Duke early in the uh, in the season. transfer class. Right. And, and, and you know, we, we talk a lot about the transfer portal with football and how well old, that Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss have done with it, right? They've put that team together and have built a contender. 
And it's the opposite here. They they went heavy into the portal, and it's completely backfired on them at, at this point. Um, I mean, like I said, they beat Duke, and you thought, okay, this is going to be, you know, Musselman's a good coach. and I mean, they're not just getting beat either. They're getting beat badly in these games. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Arkansas is not a place that'll uh, that'll be happy being bad in basketball for a long time. they got to get that straightened out pretty quick. But, yeah, that's the biggest surprise to me. Hey, Dad, not just that they're 0-3 in the SEC. They have the third-worst re- record in the conference. They're 9-7 and overall. Only two teams with worst overall records are Missouri at eight and eight and Vanderbilt at five and eleven. So you've got two undefeated teams. They are Auburn and Alabama, both three and zero. You've got three winless teams: Arkansas, Missouri, and Vanderbilt, all zero and three. Bunch of teams at two and one: Ole Miss, South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, LSU, and uh, then you got Mississippi State, Florida, and Texas A and M, all at one and two. Forky, what about for you? I mean, it is Arkansas. I mean, I, honestly, I'm surprised by Ole Miss to, to bring it back local. If you'd have told me they're 15 and one, no way, absolutely no way that in year one he's going to be 15 and one after their first 16 games, ranked number 22 in the poll. I, I would not have believed you if you'd have told me they were improved. Competent, capable, competitive? Sure, yeah. I would have believed every single one of those. 15-1, and one, no shot. Absolutely no shot I would have believed you. Yeah. And and frankly, South Carolina is kind of similar, right? I mean, they're 14-2. They're and two. Yeah. They've got a loss to Clemson. Steelers score a touchdown to get on the board before the, uh, before the break. That's big for them. I needed that. Yeah, so so South Carolina has the um, they had the lost Clemson in non conference that was on the road, and then they've got the loss. Oh goodness, where was it? It was to Alabama last week in uh, in conference play on Tuesday night. So it's been pretty good. Um, I think Georgia being. Is that so much record? Georgia's twelve and four. They're two and one in the league. We'll see how it plays out for Georgia. But they're a pretty good basketball team. They got some nice pieces. They're playing well together. Picked up some good transfer portal uh, pieces. Um, they're they're impressive. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Five o'clock hour college football fix when we come back. Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk. Mississippi. Five o'clock hour. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi on this Monday, the 15th of January. Thank you for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studio. Plenty going on at Pearl River Resort as we roll into the spring. Yes, we will be into the spring before long. It's uh, it's close. We're like five weeks from the start of college baseball. Burr. Uh, tomorrow is 30 days, right? 
I, th- I think that's right. Is it the 16th? Opening day is the, opening the 16th. Day? Yeah. I thought it was the 18th. Yeah. It's the 16th. Okay. I'll, uh, I will. Better be. That's what I based my entire Thunder and Lightning podcast around today. So. Okay. Well, I'm going to trust you on that. All right. Uh, is that right? Uh, you say you're trusting me. I can tell you're still checking a calendar there. I, well, yeah, I am. It's the 16th. Okay. For that, that Friday is... I don't know how to use a calendar, apparently. 16th. There we go. Great day for college baseball season. One month from tomorrow. As Brian Haydad was telling you, it is February... 16th. You look outside right now, may feel a little like uh, hard to believe, but hey, that's how we roll this time of year. Um, you want to be a part of the conversation? Hey, hey, oh, I, what I was saying about Pearl River Resort, lots going on in the spring. You go to their website, pearlriverresort.com, check out the events page, and you will see that uh, there's plenty coming up. You can buy tickets for their events online at pearlriverresort.com. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Be sure to check out all of their merchandise available on their website, Genteel Apparel, whether you're looking for golf shirts or quarter zips, collegiate collection stuff to get you ready for baseball season. Make sure you get the uh, the polos that you like that look great. Uh, you will certainly enjoy those pants, shorts, swimwear, the whole deal. They've got you at genteelapparel.com. Spend over $150 and get free shipping on your order. and you get 10% off your order just by entering your email address. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Whether you're looking for the best in wireless, the best in home internet service, or the best in business IT services, Ceasefire's got you covered. Ceasefire, customer inspired. Let's get to the college football fix. Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. Get behind the wheel of an F-150. Uh, it is good in snowy and icy conditions. I will tell you that much. You'll love one. Test drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So we knew at the end of last week that... Um, Kalen DeBoer was the new head coach at uh, at Alabama. Leaving Washington, he played for a national championship on Monday night as the head coach of the Washington Huskies. And then on Friday, he was introduced in Tuscaloosa as the, uh, the new head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. So quick whirlwind week for him. And Alabama moved quickly. They hired a new head coach in about 48 hours. And then so did Washington. So Washington, clearly with an opening after Kalen DeBoer, they uh, they reach into their soon-to-be former conference and take a, uh, a head coach that was headed to the Big 12. Jed Fish leaving Arizona to uh, take the job at Washington. What do you guys think of this hire? I like it a lot. I think he's he, he's a good coach. I think he you know he turned around that that Arizona program pretty quickly. Quickly, I mean they were they were one and eleven. And then now they this year they were what ten and three and would have probably been a contender for the playoff next year, but unfortunately, I imagine a lot of his team is going to follow him up to uh, to Seattle, which is good news for Washington. Should be right back in the playoff picture uh, next season. So 
really good hire, a a a, a good coach. You know, if if, I, if I, I'm Florida today, I'm not happy because that's probably the guy I think they would have targeted next year, and it'll be tough to get him after just one year in Washington. So, uh, really good hire for them. I think about the best they could have probably hoped for. Jetfish spent a uh, a couple of years as a GA at Florida in 1999 and 2000. There's a great story about Jed Fish. So he wanted to get into the college football coaching world. Uh, he coached at a developmental high school, and then he coached the New Jersey Red Dogs. I'm assuming that's like an arena league team or something along those lines. And he wanted to get into college coaching and kept trying to get a meeting with Steve Spurrier and couldn't get one and couldn't get one, and so... He taped or glued his resume to Steve Spurrier's windshield. And he got it on there in a way that was kind of hard to get off and like left some residue. And Steve Spurrier looked at it and he said, I don't know whether to have this guy arrested for stalking or to hire him because I'm so impressed with his persistence. Ultimately, he hired him. That was Jed Fish's... Entry into college football, he went from Florida to the Houston Texans as a quality control assistant on the defensive side, and then to Baltimore, and then to Denver, and then to Minnesota, back in college, and then back to the NFL in Seattle, and then back to college in Miami, and then back to the NFL in Jacksonville, and then back to college at Michigan, and then UCLA, and then back to the NFL with the Rams, and then to the New England Patriots, and from there he went to Arizona, and now he is the head coach at the University of Washington. I mean, what a resume. Long and distinguished. Uh, Does it – Washington was a better job before. I think it was a better job before the the merger, but doesn't this tell you – I mean, the the swiftness – of which he made this move that you you really as a coach need to get into the SEC or the Big Ten. I mean, you just that that is where you need to go if you're given the opportunity to do so. Well, based on the decisions yeah. that coaches are making, it feels like they think that's the case. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because at Arizona, he probably had a really good chance to be in the playoff if he had held his team together. Could have probably won that conference, I would think, but. Yeah. You know, the, the decision was made. If I'm Arizona, I, I'm calling uh, G.J. Uh, Kinney. That is that is my first phone call. Apparently That's Barry Odom. Would, and, and what would be interesting, of course, is that, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but Jaden Delora, the Arizona quarterback, just transferred to Texas State. Just, just come on back with me, kid. Who's returning their starting quarterback, by the way, Finley, the LSU slash Auburn transfer, started there and is coming back. No way. No chance that guy is still eligibility. He's I refuse to believe yeah. it. Isn't that crazy? Um, did he you played with see, Leonard Fournette, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> did you see the uh, the leaked audio of Kalen DeBoer's team meeting with Washington telling them that he was leaving? It's, that, was, that was a very emotional conversation. It's a long watch, and it's a long li- listen. And frankly, I don't think that that should be shared. Now, once it's out there, the media outlet's covering it. Yes, go for it, please. I mean, that you should. But that that's the kind of thing that needs to stay within those walls. But because it got out there, I, I listened to it. And, I mean, very, very emotional. 
the players received it well because of how he went about it. Uh, kind of, not kind of, I, I gained respect for him after that. He told them exactly, hey, this is really hard. If you're mad at me, I understand. Guys, it's Alabama. I, I mean, it, it's, it's the best job in the country. I, I, I can't say no to this opportunity. I mean, just was as forward and honest with his team as possible. And they applauded him when it was over. Yeah. It feels like there's something to, to, I don't know. He was real. Yeah. Right. He, he, he just, he was honest and he was real with his team. And he didn't try and sugarcoat it and he didn't try and pretend it was something that he wasn't. And he recognized that it was hard and he recognized the heartbreak that they went through as a group in the championship game just a few days forward. But then said, I, I, I can't say no to this. And, you know, even if guys are mad, they probably deep down understand that. What about Will Rogers? Is it official that he is transferring to Alabama? That has not been made official. There was a fake that I've seen announcement that. floating around that people are getting got. A lot, lot of fake announcements this weekend. Yeah, Twitter has become just a cesspool because people don't know how to run businesses. But the there is that being said, I'll give a little free publicity here. Wait, Great what? interview with Colk from Colk. What was that? An, was that a shot at Elon? That was a shot at Elon Musk. Yes, I didn't realize I had to spell it out. Yes. Okay. Uh, Mr. But anyway, Mr. Cole Kublik had, had a going with the uh, the big swing at Elon. Well, I mean, I don't. That's not even political. I'm just looking at Twitter and like I remember when a blue check mark meant I could trust the information that was coming from this source. Now I don't trust anything that a blue check mark says. Um. Anyway, Cole Kublik had a great interview with Will Rogers on his podcast. Uh, it came out last night. Definitely check it out. There is an f bomb in there. It's Cole. It wasn't Will. Uh, so be careful with that. But really, really Listener good interview. A lot advised. of good information there. It is just, it is advised. I laughed. Of course you did. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. If you guys know, how much is the new Alabama coach getting paid? I see $8.4 million. I didn't, I didn't see it, so I'll take your word for it. I read that somewhere, but it didn't sound like that was official. Maybe it is. I mean, he's not going to have to like worry about where his next meal is coming from. No, I don't think. Anyway. Um, Doesn't look like those terms have come out yet. Okay. Maybe it was just a rumored number. Um, Let's see here. Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. 
So, question that was here. Um, question for Ole Miss fans. I guess he meant me, Borky, or at least that's the way he was framing it. Do you guys not think that Kiffin was Alabama's best option? I'm a state fan, and he would be on top of my list at any school if I was the AD. Forgive the condescension, but what what does it matter? What, what, what does any of this matter, Borky? But, 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 I mean, but what does it matter know, if we the think the sun's going to explode someday? I, but, but what does it matter if we think that he was the best candidate for the job? They've literally already hired the guy. Like it, it's over. I, yeah, if I were Alabama, I would have gone after Lane Kiffin ahead of DeBoer for multiple reasons. But I, I mean, they already hired the guy. So what? Yeah. Um. Yeah, there were there were a few people, Greg McElroy and others that cover Alabama, that kind of made it clear from the get go that it that they did not anticipate that Lane Kiffin was going to be in the mix for the Alabama job. And you can read into that whatever you will, but I heard somebody describe it as Lane made powerful enemies in his time at Tuscaloosa. Now what does that mean? I don't know. Somebody get their feelings hurt. Did they they think that he wasn't mature enough? I I don't know. What I do know is he's a heck of a football coach, and he's won 29 games in the last three years at Ole Miss, and he's taken Ole Miss to a couple of Power Six, or excuse me, uh, New Year's Six Bowl games, and he would have been really good at Alabama. I will tell you this, as somebody that, uh, that likes Ole Miss a lot, I'm glad he didn't get the job. I'm, if, if, if he wasn't considered at all, I'm glad he wasn't considered at all. If he was considered and they decided to go a different direction, I'm glad they did. Because I think he's a really... I don't just think that he's a good football coach. I think he's a really good fit for Ole Miss. It has worked. Mm-hmm. It's worked really well. I don't know if it works that well everywhere. Does he have the same amount of freedom and and you know define that however you want to at Alabama that he does at Ole Miss my guess is no would he have people micromanaging him more trying to demand more of his time I I, I would think it's a it, it's a bigger fishbowl job than Ole Miss is you know for Oxford being a small town, it's a relatively small town, certainly growing. About 25,000 people in Oxford and about 25,000 students. Feels bigger than that, but but that's what the actual numbers are. And to be a relatively small town, people are still kind of just people. Um, when Eli Manning came back to Oxford, when they still had a house, well, I guess he still has a house in Oxford, I don't think he comes back very often. But people kind of left him alone. They, they let him do his thing. People kind of leave Lane Kiffin alone, and they let him do his thing. I don't know if he would have that same uh, somewhat obscurity in Tuscaloosa. But whatever. Yeah, ultimately, they hired DeBoer, and so it doesn't matter. Almost still got his coach. What's interesting, regardless of whether the interest is mutual or not, I mean, it it sounds like there was really only 
um, real pursuit from Auburn. But think about this. So everybody has talked about, well, Lane to this job, Lane to that job, Lane's going to leave, all that stuff. LSU, Alabama, Texas A&M, Miami, Florida, Texas, Oklahoma, Southern Cal have all come open since Lane Kiffin has been the head coach at Ole Miss. Mm. And he is entering year five as the head coach at Ole Miss. Yeah. It's not what most people would have predicted when he got the Ole Miss job. Absolutely not. Just And uh, it makes you think, looking ahead to next year, I mean, what, what job could possibly open up that would attract him? Florida is the first thought I have. But I don't know that Florida wants to pay him $11 million a year to, to go down there. They do too. Miami's already already been. Yeah. Florida's not as good a job as Ole Miss is right now. You're, and you're right, probably right, right on that. I'm not saying it can yeah, right be, now, but yeah. right now it is not yeah. as good a job as yeah. Ole Miss. It has a higher ceiling, but it's not anywhere close to that ceiling right now. Miami's one he's already he's, Miami's one he's already sort of pushed away from. What else could open up next year that would attract a coach of Lane Kiffin's caliber? The only thing that strikes me is if somehow Ryan Day loses to Ohio State again or loses to Michigan again, would that open up? That's 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 the only one that's like in my brain that I'm just like possibly. Yeah, but but if it does Mike Vrabel is kind of there, too. Well, the guy that's going to be hiring the next head coach at Ohio State appears as if it's going to be Ross Bjork. Yeah. And He'd hire Kiffin. There's, uh, you don't think? No, I don't. Okay, I don't. I don't. It must be something I don't know, something I'm, I'm out of the, uh, the loop on. A, a very good State fan friend of mine texts me all the time because he's, he's a huge Saints fan as well. Uh, he wants Dennis Allen fired more than anybody else on the planet. And... He, he was talking to me about how he wants the Saints to fire Dennis Allen so they can hire Lane Kiffin so he can get two birds killed with the same stone. That's and probably get Kiffin the best out of Oxford choice, too. And get Lane Kiffin to the same. The, the NFL is probably an option. It's probably a better option than some of these college jobs. But at the same time, you talked about it a second ago, you don't get that, that ease of lifestyle as an NFL head coach. You definitely get micromanaged there. You do, but your workload's a lot less, too. It's more it for is. half the year, and then for the other half of the year, or the other five months of the year, it's not nearly as demanding. As but at the same time, it, you definitely have more scrutiny as an NFL head coach. Yeah. I, I don't think, though, it would take Lane Kiffin uh, 12 weeks to figure out that his quarterback is the best in the league at play action. I feel like it wouldn't take 12 weeks for Lane Kiffin to figure out that when you sign Derek Carr, you should run a lot of play action because he's really good in play action. And instead, for the first 12 weeks, you run it the least out of any team in the NFL. I I feel like there are guys that would have figured that out, but not any of those who coach the Saints, I suppose. Hmm. That's too much to ask. Hey, when you sign the best, you don't use it. So we have... We have talked about the fact that Florida's football schedule next year is absolutely ridiculous. They have non-conference games next season against UCF, now out of the Big 12, against Miami from the ACC, and against Florida State from the ACC. That's the non-conference. And their SEC schedule is not exactly easy. 
but we're, we've been talking about the the names of teams. Listen to the quarterbacks that Florida will face. Wait, Borky. They play Texas next year? Yeah. Yeah. That's their fourth non-conference game? Buddy, Texas is in the SEC, buddy. I've got some news for you. Oh, my goodness. The cold weather is affecting his brain, Borky. He's, he's got the brain freeze today. No, no, no. I, no, hold on. I'm not even blaming that on the cold. I am not there yet on, like, the idea of Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC. I'm in. They're here. Breaking news. Ladies and gentlemen, Texas and Oklahoma have joined the SEC. Hold on. Hold on let I me mean, do it. Hey, I'll own it, okay? Ladies right. and gentlemen, I've just been handed something here at the desk. The SEC has added Oklahoma and Texas for the 2024 football season. Not only do they play Texas, they're in Austin for good measure. Yeah. Hey. So the quarterbacks <laughs> that we'll have Florida to tease will this. face next year. We'll get we'll together on yeah. the other side of the break. Sports Talk <laughs> Mississippi. I'm going to go stick my head in the toilet and flush it. We'll be back when we come back. Give myself uh. a swirly for that. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Pearl River Resort Studio, back after this. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. On Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. You know, we've talked a lot about how Florida's got a difficult schedule next year. They are going to face Florida State, Miami, and UCF in the non conference. But we haven't talked about the quarterbacks that they're going to face next year. Of course, they're going to start, or not start, but they will have new member to the SEC, Texas, which means they'll have to face Quinn Ewers. See, like, I just, like, completely erased the last... Never uh, happened. Never even happened. These are the quarterbacks. Quinn Morky Ewers. will edit it out. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Cam Ward. <laughs> yeah. Connor Wegman. Cam Ward, who, by the way, withdrew from the draft and went to Miami. Mm-hmm. Announced he was going to the draft. Because remember there was, like, 15 minutes where Auburn, like, it was reported that Auburn was in on Cam Ward, and then he declares for the draft, so... Auburn got to have the little PR moment of we almost got Cam Ward, but he went to the NFL, and then he ends up going to Miami anyway. It's an interesting fifteen minutes. A yeah, couple weeks ago, he actually, actually, all he did was just kind of use his declaration that he was going to the NFL as like a pseudo restraining order for Auburn. <laughs> like, leave me alone. I'm going to the draft, and they finally back off. He's like, okay. 
Now, Miami, yes, we're good. Okay, let's do it. Cam Ward at Miami, Connor Wegman at Texas A&M, K.J. Jefferson at UCF, Blake Shapin at Mississippi State, Nico Iamaliava. Is that right? Good. Sure, we'll go sure. with that. Former five-star. Brock Vandegrift. Kentucky. Where is he at? At Kentucky. He's at Kentucky. Another former high four-star, at least. Carson Beck at Georgia. Garrett Nussmeyer at LSU. Jackson Dart at Ole Miss. And DJ Uyunglele. How many guys on this list will be on NFL rosters uh, 12 months from now? Most of them. Or at some point in their life. I mean, Ewers, Ward, possibly Jefferson. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Beck, Dart, Uyunglele for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good luck. It's rough. Good luck, man. That is unbelievable. And if you look at the schedules across the SEC, I mean, maybe that's something we'll do, especially in the off season. Is rank you know most difficult schedule? Obviously, Florida. So maybe number two most difficult schedule and the easiest, possibly Missouri. But if you look around, the league did a really good job at seemingly creating balance among schedules. If you go through all the league, you look at it and you think, ooh, that's tough. Ooh, that's tough. Ooh, that for everybody. It seems really balanced. Some people got some breaks. You, you know, the eight teams that get to play Vanderbilt get a break. The eight teams that get to play South Carolina possibly are getting a break as well. But by and large, it's very balanced. It is. It really is. So Cam Ward, Cam Ward says, "I'm leaving the draft to go to Miami," but here in this state, we had a player say, "I'm getting out of the portal to go to the draft." Yeah. And and I'm gonna I'm still gonna say because he never played it down. I'm still gonna say former Mississippi State cornerback DeCamrian Richardson. What would happen to the message boards if when he is introduced on Monday Night Football next year, he says DeCamrian Richardson, Ole Miss? People will lose it. They already lose it on the high school thing. I can't imagine. He never played a snap for him. He put out a graphic that had him in the Mississippi State uniform. He's got a claim state. Yeah. I had a lot of people ask, you know, what happened there? Why why is he going to the NFL? Got good feedback. I mean, one plus one equals two, guys. He's going to the NFL because he was told by NFL people, if you go, you're going to get picked where you want to get picked. It's really that simple. And so it's not, I mean, I guess there could be something deeper than that. But again, one plus one so often equals two. Guy declares for the NFL, why does he do that? Because he got good feedback from the NFL. Thinks he's going to be drafted in a a good place. Congratulations to him. That's uh, that's cool. And that's a blow for Ole Miss. Um, There were, I I don't think I've seen any Ole Miss fans doing this. We, We... Remember that there were some Mississippi State fans who kind of, kind of downplayed what he had done in his time at Mississippi State, and and almost was like, oh, that's fine, think whatever you want. They were excited to have him, and really believed in what he was going to be at the corner spot. And so that's that's a tough break for Ole Miss because they thought he was going to be a really good piece. Ole Miss did get good news um, this weekend. John Saunders Jr. is going to return for another season. At Ole Miss and use his last year of eligibility. So that's a good piece for them. 
He was really good for them last year, transitioning he from was. Miami of Ohio. It doesn't always work out that he and Anthony both; those were good evaluations. Guys coming from, you know, lesser divisions. One Miami of Ohio, one Liberty, and becoming really, really quality players. One, of course, off to the NFL, but those were good evaluations there. Hey, Dad, what's shaking on the uh, on the portal front, the recruiting front for Mississippi State? Kind of quiet right this now. This weekend. Not- Quiet right now. They didn't have any uh, 24 guys in this weekend. They did a ju- kind of a junior day. Had Caleb Cunningham, the uh, the top player in the state for next season, the big receiver out of Ackerman, out of Choctaw uh, County High School. A few other uh, 25 guys, uh, Tyler Lockhart, who's uh, from Winona, whose brother, uh, uh, oh, what's his brother's name? He just signed with Mississippi State, big lineman, TJ, out of uh, Winona, along with his teammate, Fat Clark. They had a few other guys here. Uh, as well, but those were 25 guys, uh, not not 24 guys. So, I think state may just be sort of biding its time for the next portal window to see who comes open as far as defensive players go. They're pretty close to the 85 limit as it is. So, Ole Miss came up with its um, replacement for McDonald, the uh, the safety from Tennessee who had committed via the transfer portal and uh, changed his mind and decided he was going to Louisville. Ole Miss gets South Alabama secondary player Yam Banks, who is originally from Mississippi. He's from Ridgeland and was kind of overlooked in the recruiting process by all of the in-state schools, or at least most of the in-state schools. Um, goes to South Alabama, plays really, really well, and it comes in, and Ole Miss is excited about him and kind of kind of fills a need that they had after losing McDonald. Yeah, and on paper, as a prospect anyway, uh, higher rated. So so they lose McDonald and, and replace him with a guy that is slightly higher rated. But it, it is interesting, uh, coming from Mississippi and, and, for lack of a better term, being ignored by the Mississippi schools and blossoming into an SEC player and, and choosing to play for him anyway. That's That's kind of cool because sometimes you hear well, you know, they didn't want me, so I don't want them or whatever, or uh, I'm going to go to this place so I can get revenge and things like that. No, he Mississippi kid didn't get recruited by Mississippi, blossoms into a quality player and comes home. That's uh, that's pretty cool how it how it worked out like that. NFL exclusively. A, a good transfer today. Go ahead. Southern Miss picked up a transfer today too. Mississippi State defensive tackle uh, Jonathan uh, Davis committed there. Buddy, they're loading up. They got something going down there. They got to get Gore back. They got to find whatever NIL they can put together. They got to do it. They got they got to get him back. Yeah. Um. NFL exclusively on Peacock on Saturday night. Forky, the numbers were twenty three million people. The largest streamed anything. Ever. A massive success for NBC. Uh, It was a larger audience than the comparable game in the time slot, which was not streamed last year. So get ready to have more paywalled playoff sports, guys, because, wow. So slightly fewer people streamed the game between the Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. Streamed it. Through an app, Peacock. Behind a paywall. Not even just streamed it. Had to pay to access the stream. Yeah, yeah. 
either they already were paying or they had to go out and buy specifically. So 23 million, slightly fewer people than watched college football's national championship game. Right? Yep. It's yes. incredible. Hey, that told me during the break the Cowboys Packers did over 40 million. Oh, goodness. 40 million people. And imagine if it had been competitive. Seriously, it would have been more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is crazy. One segment left Uh. with you on this Monday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Buffalo leading Pittsburgh 21-10 to with three and a half left in the third quarter. We're back right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. This Monday afternoon, we got the Bills and the Steelers still going right now. 24-10, Buffalo leading with the buck 32 left in the third quarter. And this is the game that was supposed to be played early yesterday, but got pushed back because of full-on whiteout blizzard conditions. Hey, the the, the be tough and play football guy, he had a rough day yesterday, didn't he? Like, like there were people that were genuinely mad that that game was postponed today. It was unplayable, right? Could could you? I don't. Could you have played it in that? I would have loved to have seen them try. It would it would have been really tough to do. And then, like I said, you said earlier, from a TV perspective, it would have been a nightmare because you wouldn't have been able. I don't, able to I don't see think you anything. would have been able to see anything. I My favorite to. guy was uh, I think it was one of the Outkick guys who tweeted, "Did we delay D Day for for the weather? No, let's get out there and play football." And then. Historically, yes, they did delay D Day because of the yes. weather, yeah, they, and, they and so he had to. Did. He had to. He got the good old fashioned reader comment on that one, mm. which uh, turned into a deleted tweet. But yeah, I was mad that they can't. I wanted to see them try to play in fifty mile an hour winds with feet of snow. Yes, I wanted to see that happen. I would have I mean, It feels like that's, that's something you try as a kid with your buddies in the backyard. Maybe. We've had crazy snow games in that stadium before. Remember the Tom Brady tuck rule game? Game-winning field goal, the players had to move snow out of the spot so they could kick the field goal. If you can play through a blizzard in Shreveport, you can play through a blizzard anywhere. Was that the... Was that the Tuck rule game, or was the Tuck, tuck rule the, game again? I thought that was against the Raiders. It was. It was snowing like crazy. 
But so it wasn't in that stadium, is what you're getting at, though. It was in New England. No, but we've had snow yeah. games in Buffalo before, and also yeah. the infamous. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But those, that was inches, not feet. And and oh, I, I'm with you. Like I would have watched. I absolutely would have watched. I just don't think you could do it. So. I understand why they didn't play, but I was yes. bummed when they canceled it. Um, my guess is slightly better conditions tonight in Tampa. Probably. You, you would Probably think. Probably so, yeah. Who's, uh, is Tampa winning that game tonight? No A.J. I mean, Brown? The, the, uh, the way the Eagles have played the last few weeks, I can't I can't think that they, they can win this game. The Eagles are still favored. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. Yeah, fishy line of the week continuing. I mean, you mm-hmm. you got the Hurts injury, and Baker's banged up too, but you've got the Hurts injury. You've got Brown being out on the road, still a favorite. Odds makers are telling us something. 66 degrees, chance of a little bit of rain in uh, in that one. It's on uh, ESPN and ABC games at 7.15 tonight, and that will wrap up wild card weekend. And a really good weekend. Right, uh, really good weekend of uh, of NFL football in the opening round of the playoffs. Next weekend, the division round, and you get some high level football in the division round, no doubt. Um, Mississippi State Wednesday night at Kentucky, Ole Miss tomorrow night at LSU. So Tuesday night game for Ole Miss and LSU, assuming. Uh, my guess is that Ole Miss got on the road early today. Um, Are you sure about the Tuesday thing? Well, it's what was on my calendar. I think I had thought that it was on Wednesday. It is, on, according to the website. Okay. Well, then that makes a whole lot more sense, and that's better for travel also. When I was fumbling through the calendar earlier, hey, Dad, it showed basketball on Tuesday night for Ole Miss. So, yeah, that makes a whole lot more sense. By the way, who did Ole Miss make mad in the SEC scheduling office? So, Saturday road games at Tennessee, at Auburn, and at Texas A&M in a row. Three straight Saturdays. Or, excuse me, three of your first four Saturdays. Mm. That's um, that's tough. Who did Keith make mad? That is... uh... I think it's a little better on the back end, though. Meanwhile, Mississippi State will play three consecutive Saturdays at home here early. They were at home this past week against Alabama, home next weekend against Vanderbilt, and then the weekend after that, is it South Carolina? Hey, Dan, does that sound right? I don't, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. I'll be honest. So I'll just go with you. Sure. Yeah, South Carolina it is. I mean, I have such a track record of being accurate. Today, so been so nailing it today. Yeah, let's let's just uh, let's roll with that. Thanks for being with us. Uh, be safe tonight, especially if you are well, really all over the state of Mississippi. I guess south of Jackson, you probably don't have a whole lot to worry about. Jackson metro area may be in for some uh, wintry mix and have some uh, road condition issues tonight. Farther north in the state, you get you got a lot of snow and a lot of ice out there. So please be careful on the roads, and uh, hope that you will be back with us tomorrow afternoon. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We will talk to you tomorrow. Good night.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.